Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church and Merry Christmas. We're so glad to see you here. Really, we're so honored that you would be here. You could be a lot of different places uh, today. But yet you made the decision, you chose to be here, you braved the, the rain and the storms and everything else. And I just, we appreciate it so very much. I'd like to welcome all those watching online at stevenscreekchurch.com. So glad to have you tuned in today. You know, this is a very interesting Christmas. You know, for all of us, we are all trying to figure out uh, how to do Christmas uh, in changing times. I mean, for our family, uh, Patty's sisters normally uh, come uh, visit at Christmas time and their families, but this year uh, they're not doing that. My parents, my dad's and, and mom's in an assisted living and memory care center, so uh, we're not connecting with them. I was over at the uh, home a few weeks ago, and my dad has a friend named Miss Jenny. Now, Miss Jenny was there talking, and another lady walked by and she said, Hey, Marty. And I turned and looked. She said, That woman over there, she's 100 years old. I turned and looked. And she said, yeah, she's 100 years old. Don't look a day over 80. <clears throat> it's all about perspective, isn't it? Don't look a day over 80. It reminds me of the 85-year-old grandmother that is invited to a Christmas party by a 92-year-old man. Um, and she was trying to figure out, do I go to the Christmas party or do I not? And so her granddaughter came by and was talking to her, and she was explaining all this to her granddaughter and she said, oh, uh, Grandma, you need to go and have a good time. Go. And, and she went to the party. The next day after the party, uh, the granddaughter stopped by and said, well, how is it, uh, the party? And she could tell her grandmother was really frustrated. And she said, she said, I am so frustrated. She said, I had to slap him three times. She said, Grandma, did he try to get fresh on you? She said, no, I thought he was dead. Like I said, I am so glad that you have chosen to be here uh, this Christmas. You know, the message of Christmas is peace on earth and goodwill toward men. You know, it's rare to find people who are actually at peace. I talk to a lot of people and I'll hear them describe themselves and, and they'll say, oh, I am so busy or, or I am so active, I am so tired maybe. Some people say, I am so stressed out. But rarely do I have people say, oh, Marty, I am totally at peace. Yet, this is one of the reasons that we celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to give us peace. Jesus came to give us peace. 700 years before Bethlehem, an old shaggy-haired prophet named Isaiah stood up and he was looking forward to better days when he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's the message of Christmas. But there are so many moments during our holidays that we think Christmas is anything but peaceful. 
I mean, it's like our stress level increases with every holiday event that we have or maybe every gift that we wrap. And then you add to that normal just holiday stress, you add COVID-19, and then you add a political quandary that we're in, and you put all of that together, and it seems like this Christmas we're operating at a different level, a new kind of stress. You know, Joseph and Mary had a lot of stress too. They were just a young couple looking forward to getting married. They simply wanted to settle down, uh, move into their house, enjoy their life, have some peace and quiet. But God broke into their normal world and changed their plans. They changed their plans. I'm curious, uh, how many natural planners do we have? Do we have any, by any natural planners in here? You like to plan things, anybody? Here's how you know. If you had your Christmas shopping done before October, you're a planner. Anybody? A couple of you. Oh, my goodness. Now, if on the other hand, if you do not have all of your Christmas shopping done by now, what are you doing in church? <laughs> I'm telling you, you're about to be in trouble. You're definitely not a planner. You know, whether you are a planner or not a planner, here's what we know that life eventually uh, takes us down a road that we did not plan for. Life eventually takes us all down a road that we didn't plan for. In this auditorium, I would imagine that many of you could say, yes, I get that. I've, I am down a road now that I didn't plan on. I'm speaking possibly to some college graduates. You graduated in May and you had these dreams of... of uh, hitting the business world and taking it by storm. And then all of a sudden, COVID-19, stay-at-home orders, economic shutdown. And now you're finding yourself back at home living with your parents. That's not what you wanted. It's not what they wanted. But that's what's happened. Life took you down a road that you didn't plan. Or maybe you're in your 40s or 50s or maybe even 60s and you're fine, you find yourself looking for a job right now. You never thought you'd be at this season in your life job hunting. Some of you could say, uh, I didn't plan on being separated or I didn't plan on being divorced at this point in my life. I didn't plan on having this medical condition. Or some of you, like Kelly, would say that I didn't plan on having an empty chair at my table this Christmas. You know, the road that Mary and, and Joseph traveled that first Christmas was certainly not something they'd planned for. They were planning a wedding. Mary was over there practicing how to write her new last name. Joseph was picking up extra shifts at the local Home Depot so that he, he could pay for the honeymoon. They're dreaming of their future. Then Everything changed. An angel showed up and appeared to Mary and said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. 
Needless to say, when that announcement came, it threw a kink in their wedding plans. And when Joseph heard this news, he was wondering, okay, what am I supposed to do now? He was distraught and all he could think about was maybe it's time to get a, a divorce. We pick up in Matthew chapter one. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit that she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. God broke into their normal everyday world and he changed their plans. Has God ever changed your plans? Oh, I know he has. Maybe you're going down the road and you're headed for this, uh, this destination and then all of a sudden God breaks in your life and says, and he changes something, something happens. Um, and you know, when that happens to most of us, you know, we, we have asked the why question, why? Why did this happen? Why, God? Why are you doing this? You know, sometimes change happens because God wants to get your attention. Sometimes change happens in all of our lives because simply God wants to get your attention. We all have things that happen in life that we don't understand. Things that really take much longer than they should take. And it feels like that we have been placed in the waiting room, you know, God's waiting room, and we're waiting for this thing to happen and it's not happening. Sometimes God allows us to go to the waiting room so that he can get our attention. Things change. Could it be that he's trying to get a message to us? Maybe he's trying to wake us up. Could God be trying to get your attention with a wake-up call? Could it be that you've edged him out? You've edged God out of your life. You've pushed him away. You've drifted away from the Lord. You know, it's a natural thing to drift. It's just a natural part of life that if we're not careful, we just drift. It's like when you're swimming in the ocean. You know, you, you go into the ocean and you're going to go ride the waves and you swim out and you ride the waves in. And then you go back out and you ride the waves in and you go back out. And you don't even realize it, but you are drifting to the point where once you uh, come out this next time, it's like, okay, who moved my beach chairs? I mean, where did my condo go? The one I'm staying at. It's because you drifted. There's like an undertow, an undercurrent that pulls you further and further away from where you started, where you got in. The same is true in your spiritual life. There's this current of the day that has this tendency to take you away from where you need to be. Friends, most headline-worthy, tabloid-worthy, scandalous sins don't just happen overnight. You just don't fall into it overnight, but they happen gradually over time. They happen gradually over time. It's like there's an undertow and we start drifting and gradually over time, there's this slow erosion. Gradually over time, we drift, we doze, we fall asleep at the wheel. 
And we find ourselves going down a road that we never thought we would go down or we never thought we could actually could go down that road. And it's in those moments that God sends a wake-up call. He's saying, you're going in a wrong direction. Turn around. Don't go there. Don't do this thing. It's like a warning to us. Maybe for some of you watching online today, maybe for some of you in this auditorium, that this Christmas Eve service, it's a wake-up call. It's God shaking you, saying, hey, you need to turn around. You don't need to go down the path that you're walking on. And you start to look at your life. Could it be that the circumstances that you're wrestling with right now, could it be those circumstances have been placed in your life or allowed to happen in your life because God is trying to get your attention? 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, God sent a star over Bethlehem to get everyone's attention. A star. Could it be that God is using these events in your life as a star to get your attention? Because you see, sometimes God, uh, change happens because God wants to get your attention. Here's the second thing. Sometimes change happens because God simply has a different plan for your life. God has a different plan. You know, when I was a freshman in college, uh, our world turned upside down because my mother lost her job. She had been with the company for over 20 years, and they had closed uh, all of the stores in the area and eliminated her position. Now, this was a very stressful time in my family because, you see, my mother wasn't formally trained. My mother quit school in the 10th grade, and uh, she got married and started having children, and she went to work. And so 20 years into this job, um, the job she loved, the company, uh, with a company that had been in business for 120 years, that company came in and closed their southern division. Now, some of you know what that feels like. Some of you have worked for companies that have downsized or, or you've been, your position has been eliminated, and you know the pressure, and you know the pain of that. And you know the difficulty of that. Could it be that God has a different plan for you? Could it be that God has something better? And you say, Marty, if there's something better, it sure doesn't feel like it, I know. Well, during that season, a lady in our church named uh, Ann Oliver, Ann Oliver gave my mom a verse from the Bible. She wrote it on this little piece of paper and she gave it to my mother. And my mother and my dad, they held on to this little piece of paper with the words of Jeremiah 29 and 11 on it. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans uh, to prosper you and plans uh, not to harm you. Hear that. Plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. My parents held on to that verse, and what seemed to be a closed door became a door of opportunity. Over the next few months, she moved into a different uh, field of work, and from that period on, her income started to grow, and to, um, in fact, her income tripled, and she eventually became the team leader and became over five counties in South Carolina. 
Now, here's the real miracle. This is a picture of my mother with her team. I found this. Okay, my mother is the woman <laughs> on the front row. And I look at that and I, I laugh because this is a person that quit school in the 10th grade. And now um, she has the opportunity to break glass ceilings in that world. That what we thought was the worst thing for our family ultimately became the best thing for our family. In fact, she was able to retire at 58. And for the next 12 years, my parents lived the retirement dream until Alzheimer's came. And for the last 10 years, my dad has been taking care of her. Because you see, a life eventually takes us down a road that we did not plan. Life eventually takes us down a road that we didn't plan. All Mary and Joseph wanted to do that first Christmas was just simply to get married and have a family. But God had a different plan. God had a different plan. And when Mary and Joseph said yes to God's plan, it was not easy. It was not easy. Mary had uh, to deal with the gossip of being an unwed mother. She had to deal with the, the pain of being pregnant. And just imagine this, the pain of being pregnant and having to go to uh, Joseph's home of origin and had to ride on a donkey in the last days of her pregnancy. I'm sure she thought, God, why? Why are, uh, are you doing it this way? This doesn't make sense. Sometimes God's plan in your life does not make sense. Sometimes God's plan simply doesn't make sense. It's not easy. But here's what I know. God's plan is more rewarding than any other plan. And I do believe that God has a plan for your life. It's a plan to prosper you. It's a plan not to harm you. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. But you've got to put your trust in him. And that leads us to the third point. That sometimes change happens because God wants us to trust him. He wants to, uh, for us to trust him. When Joseph and Mary, when Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant, he couldn't believe this. This news tested his faith. I mean, let's be practical. I mean, how would you feel like if you heard your fiance was pregnant and she was still a virgin? I mean, you'd say, I need a paternity test and I need it now. I mean, it unnerved him. It tested his faith. But you know what? I would imagine God's plan tested Mary's faith too. I'm sure that there are moments that she thought her life was over. She thought she was going to be a divorced single mom living in a culture where it was hard for a single woman to get a job, a reputable job. The road that Mary and Joseph were on took them someplace that they never imagined they would go. And maybe that's where you are tonight. That the road that you're on has taken you to a place that you never thought possible. You never thought it would happen. This road for some of you is the road of a relational rift. 
Maybe you have this relational rift with a a daughter or son, maybe a a brother or maybe a friend, and this road has taken you uh, down to a place that you never thought you would be, but yet you are there. Maybe it's a financial road that you're on, and it has taken you to a place that you thought that this Christmas was going to be a great Christmas, but then all of a sudden something happened. Maybe your car broke down, and you had to spend every dime that you had saved up to repair that, and now you feel the pressure of that. You had your life all planned out. But your life has not turned out. I mean, you planned on being married by this point in your life. Are you planned on having children by this point in your life? Are you planned on being cancer-free by this point in your life? But your life doesn't look anything like you planned it would look. Here's what I believe, that God has a purpose for you. That God has a purpose, and he wants, to learn, he wants you and me to learn how to trust him. As we go down the road, he wants us to walk in faith. You see, faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. His plan. Faith is taking that first step even when you don't know what the next step after that looks like. But you come to a place where you have to trust You have to trust him. You have to believe him. Mary and Joseph didn't understand it when they arrived in in Bethlehem and ended up in a barn because there's no room for them in the inn. They didn't understand it when Mary went into labor and there Joseph finds himself having to deliver the baby by himself. They didn't understand it when they had to leave Bethlehem and go to Egypt and live as a refugee because Herod was there to kill all the newborn babies two years old and younger. And I am sure that that Mary didn't understand the road 30 years later when she watched her son, who is without sin, beaten and whipped and bloodied as uh, she watched him die on the cross. I'm sure she was thinking, God, this is not what I planned. But God had a purpose. Mary didn't understand the plan, but she trusted God. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and he became the Savior of the world. We're not here celebrating Christmas because Jesus was born in a manger. We are celebrating Christmas because Jesus died on the cross and Jesus came back to life. He rose again and that Jesus is the Savior. That's the message of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. And, you'll give, and she'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came at Christmas so that he could save us, so that he could give us a new start, so that he could wipe our slate clean because all of us have made mistakes. There's nobody perfect in this room. We have all blown it. We all need a do-over. We need to be changed. The message of Christmas says that you can be changed. You can be forgiven. You can have peace. 
And what I need you to understand is God wants to give you those gifts. And you are not here by accident. But I believe that God has ordered your footsteps. I realize some of you are here because somebody invited you and you felt like that you had to go because they've been kind to you, they've been nice to you. And so, okay, I'll just, I'll go to church with you. Or maybe uh, your girlfriend invited you and you're, you're in church and this is different for you and you're trying to figure all this God and Jesus and Christmas and Easter thing out. And that's okay. We believe that you're here not uh, because God ordered your footsteps. This is not uh, an accident. And just as God guided the wise men to Bethlehem to find Jesus, that God has guided you to Stevens Creek Church to find Jesus. And when I look across this room and when I think about the people watching online, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. He is more than a a nice holiday story. This is more than just a history lesson. He is more than just a religious figure. Jesus is the Savior. He is the one that can wipe your slate clean. He is the one that can forgive you of your mistakes and your sins. He can give you peace. And he can secure your future. And when I look across this room, I understand that there are people here from all different spectrums of life, and you're at different places in your spiritual journey. There's a group of you that you consider yourself a spiritual seeker. You hadn't figured all this God and Jesus thing out, and you're just here kind of like you're buying a car. You know, you're kicking the tires and trying to figure out, is this stuff real or not? You're a seeker. And I want to say to you, continue your search. The wise men were seekers. The wise men came from a a distant land. Some people said India, some people said even China. But they came, they saw the star, and they were looking for God. You are here today because you have this interest. You're looking for God. And so we have a group of seekers here. But we also have a group of new believers here. Over the last several months, uh, you've crossed that line of faith and said, yes, I believe in Jesus. And you've given your life to him. And I just want to challenge you. Keep moving forward. I want to challenge you to join the church. I want to challenge you to get in a small group. Start serving. I look across this room and I see not only seekers and new believers, but I see some stumblers along the way. And look, all of us at that times have stumbled. And when I talk about stumbler, I'm talking about that person you have once known of the freedom and you've experienced the peace and you've experienced the joy and you know what Christmas is all about. But for whatever reason, you've kind of stepped away from that. And, and you've just kind of moved away from that. And, and you can blame it on different things. You can blame it on, well, I started dating this person or I, I started working at this job. Or maybe it's because of the COVID-19 uh, shutdown. And I just didn't, when the church opened back up, I just didn't reconnect. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why we stumble. I'm not here to try to make a list of those. 
What I'm saying to those who have stumbled, I'm saying simply come home. You don't have to stay away. You can come home. You can come home to a place. You can be a part of a movement that God is establishing. God has a plan for your life, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. So to the stumblers, today is your day to rededicate your life. But not only do we have stumblers here, we have a lot of strong believers here that even now you are praying right now for a friend or you're praying for a relative or you're praying that God would move in such a way where lives would be changed in this moment. But to all of the groups that I've mentioned, I am going to challenge you to take your next step. That today you're going to make a decision, I'm going to take my next step. And your next step may be different than the person sitting down the row from you. We're at all different places. But God is speaking and he's calling you to step out in faith. He's calling you to walk toward him. Now let me go back to the seekers here. Let me say this. The miracle of Christmas is not found on 34th Street. The miracle of Christmas is found in the manger. Jesus. He's the miracle of Christmas. And Jesus, God sent Jesus into this world to save you, to help you, to guide you, to deliver you, to heal you. And he has a gift for you. And this Christmas, he wants to give you a gift. But you have to decide, am I going to accept the gift? You say, well, what is the gift? It's the gift of the forgiveness of your sins. It's the gift of peace, inner peace, peace of mind. And it's the gift of a solid future in eternity. The gift's already paid for. It's like he is giving you this Christmas gift and you receive it, you open it, and you take possession of it. Some of you have come to Christmas after Christmas, and you've taken that gift, and and you've taken it, you never opened it. You just put it back on the shelf at your house. And the Lord is saying to you today, it's time to open the gift. It is time to not just to do this as a tradition, that God wants you, uh, God wants to change your life. And so you say, Jesus, I'm going to accept the gift today. Well, I've given you a lot to think about. And it's my prayer that over the next few minutes that you'll do more than just think about it, that you'll take that step of faith. That you're going to invite Jesus to be the leader and the Lord of your life. Now, this is scary for some of you because you uh, are comfortable being in control of your life. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you don't become a robot, but you will have someone that will walk alongside of you and lead you into the paths of righteousness for his namesake. But all you have to do is say, God, I need you. Will you lead me and guide me? Today is your day. 
you're not here by accident, but you're here because the Lord wanted you to have this conversation with him. And now is the time. I want you to bow your heads and nobody looking around, but just be reverent and be respectful for this moment. How many of you today would be courageous and bold enough to say, Marty, you're speaking to me. I want to pray the prayer. I want to be saved. Let me see your hands across this room. All across this room. Yes, still others. Still others. Yes, you can put them down now. Still others. How many of you have said, Marty, I'm a stumbler, and you're talking to me when you're talking about stumbling. Let me see your hands. You're ready to rededicate your life. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the gift of Christmas. And today, we're praying for the people who are courageous enough to say, hey, I need help. I need to be saved. And so if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, help me. Just say that. Say, Jesus, help me. Come into my life. Say that. Come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person you would have me to be. Fill me with your spirit. I receive that. Now, Father, I pray not only for that group, I pray for the stumblers along the way. I pray, God, that today as they're rededicating their lives, as they're coming home, that, Lord, your arms would be wide open and they would sense your, uh, your forgiveness and your spirit as you cover them. Father, I pray for the families represented here. I pray, Father, that those people that so long to be here cannot and cannot be here, I pray, God, that your presence would go and give them peace. Now, all of us pray this prayer. Say, God, we receive what you have for us. Say that. God, I receive what you have for me. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Now, one more thing. Let's welcome those who prayed the prayer. Let's welcome them into the family of God today. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.